You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook Live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. No, it's, it's not like that. He talks about life, and I talk about life. And then I shared some things that, at my ripe old age of 55 that I said that I wish I knew when I was 21. So young people listen to me, because some of the stuff that you'll hear, you know, you don't, you don't have to understand everything. You don't have, I don't know. But there are things that if, you, that if you consider in your thought process, trust me, they will help you. You know, that is not a lie. So, you know, and I'm on a journey also of learning some of these things. So let's, let's go ahead and get right into it. So let's talk about faith for the now. And these are just some of my opening thoughts. And by the way, Sam, I did email you at the last minute. But <laughs> so I was right there trying to send an email. Um, and this is just some of the notes that I read. We have all, all have some kind of understanding of the power of faith. If there's a church, you know, this church gets it, right? You know, and these are just my, my reading notes. You know, you can follow if you want to. It says, we have already too many teachings and ideas of what faith is. But how many t- teachings can you think about where faith is, you know? And that is really what the, the subject is and, the, and what we're going to be working on it for the next few weeks. And then another part is, we, you know, we spend, I'm just talking about me, maybe that's not you, but, I, you know, trust me, I've been almost 30 years into this. And, I've, you know, we spend much time, not that it's wrong, but it's wrong if you, if you think you're, you're going into a, and I think this is where the word of faith has missed a lot. And, and I'm here to, that's my camp. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm free to correct things that I find, as, as the Lord shows me, and this is one of the areas I think it's not correct, but I think it needs to spend more time on, because we are very good on, on systems, right? If you come to this church, or if you've been around the Word of Faith camp, you know, you get, well, you got to confess scriptures. Yeah, okay, well, that's true. we got to do it. You know, the word in your heart, the word in your mouth, but if, it, but if it goes into some kind of repetitive brain exercise, it has no meaning at all. You can repeat it till you, know, till you go blue in the face. It's not going to happen. This is not magic. And if you're not careful, you go, by his stripes I'm healed, by his stripes I'm healed, by his stripes I'm healed. Oh, it still hurts, by his stripes I'm healed, by his stripes I'm healed. That's not faith. I don't know what that is, but that's not faith. Faith is a trust. It's a knowing. And what the word does, it comes and it creates a perspective that maybe you didn't have before. Which now, you know, where the doctor says, you have no hope, the word of God comes and says, you do have hope. So that's a perspective, right? That just simply... But once you get the perspective changed, you've got to feed it. And you've got to feed it with the Word of God. I mean, you can't get, you're not going to get, you know, that's over and over the Bible. Once that Word makes a deposit, then we speak life. But a confession has to come from that place. If it comes from here, then it's just witchcraft, or I don't know what it is, but it's not, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Let me just tell you that. So that's one of them. So just finishing my notes is, you know, we, I've seen this, and I've seen a lot of people hurt. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have even left God or the church because they had a lot of, you know, wrong expectations, but we spend too much time working methodically on faith, believing, confessing, praying, etc., and eventually falling into condemnation, guilt, or shame for approaching life, dreams, and challenges with high expectations based on completely wrong information. And that is discouragement. Well, I went to church, yeah? And then what? Well, God didn't show up. Well, see, you see, you have a wrong expectation that is built on wrong information. Are you still here? And, and it's, you know... Well, who has the truth? Well, I don't know if anybody has the truth. I know God has the truth. <laughs> but if we're not careful, everything we preach, everything we teach, including yours truly, 
will be filtered through a perspective that is not God perspective. It can be Baptist perspective, Pentecostal perspective, Word of Faith perspective, Church of Christ, Church of God, you know, whatever perspective you want. And that's what I was telling you last week. You know, when we talk about going back to the basics, you know, yeah, let's go back to the basics of, of what we are, but there's also a further basics, which is what God preached. All right? So, so keep that in mind because faith is still as powerful as it ever was. And we've seen amazing things. This, you're sitting in a building that was built by faith. Are you kidding me? Debt-free. Over $300,000 are in this building, debt, completely debt-free. And, and it was debt-free when we opened the doors. It wasn't debt-free, you know, six months later. It was, it was, de- it was debt-free as we built it, right, H? I mean, you know. And faith built it. And we use, the, we use what we know. We use the power of the seed. We use the power of words. We use all that. But it came from an understanding of who God is, first and foremost. Am I boring you all? You're like, get to the point, Pastor. Well, it's going to be a long time before it gets to the point, so don't worry about it. Okay, let's get into it. Hebrews... 11, verse 1 and 2. Now open your Bible. I got, you, go, just give me the next screen, guys. I brought the Amplified and the message because I want to pull some things. We're going to spend a little time. So this is Hebrews 11.1. 1. So if we're going to do a faith series, it seems appropriate to start here. So let's go into it. And you, know, you can read along the screen if you like. But faith, this is Amplified classic version. What does that mean? It amplifies key, you know, goes to the Greek and it takes the key words and kind of adds a little more meaning to help you understand it. So it says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. And I put a little note there. This is my notes. It's past, but hoped in the present. Now, let's just stop there because this is where we need to break this up. Because if you read it out of King James, I know it by heart. You don't have to go there. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's as simple as it is. So you go, faith, now faith is. So it does start with now, so it's present. Now faith is the substance of things Hope for. Now, you got, here's the key. That this, the whole teaching this morning is really trying to find out where we are, because a lot of us don't know where we are in, in, in the move of God and where God is moving. So the title of the things that we've hoped for, and that's just my little note, it is okay to hope, but remember, the hope was done in the present. That's just a side note. We'll come back to that. Don't, don't get confused. But hoping is never done in the past. Come on, let the elevator go to the top this morning. You know, you're all still on the mezzanine here. You can't hope in the past, right? You hope, I, hope, I hope tomorrow's better. That hope is happening in the present. All right, just leave that. that that's the now faith, okay? So I'm already kind of, you know, putting it there. So let, let's go. So then it goes on to say, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Now, we're going to come back to all that. Now, message translation, same scripture, says, the fundamental fact of existence is that the trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes what? Read it with me. Life worth living. And if you're wondering what's the ultimate goal of this series, <laughs> is that you'll walk out of here in a few weeks from now with having a life that's worth living. With every challenge that faced, with every storm, with every tornado and hurricane, your life will still be worth living. And you will get to enjoy life. And you will, and you will discover where fulfillment is, and that's really my goal. That we have to understand, you know, how God sees all this. And I think that's the area that we've missed it. So, message says, makes life worth living, and then it goes on to say, it's our handle on what we can't see. It's our handle on what we, some things that we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and sets them above the crowd. I'm not going to get to that. All right? Let me give you another scripture, which is going to build this morning. 
Matthew chapter 6. You're like, oh, pastor, we just did a whole series on Matthew 6. Are you going to do it again? Yeah, I ran out of things to preach, guys. Sorry. Um, Yeah, my sarcasm is not kicking in good today. One of the things that I found out about this passage, again, in this study, now this study has a lot of hours in it, and I'm... I've done it for many years, and I've taught it, and I will continue to teach it, because this is one of the most powerful teachings in the Bible about real life. Jesus is telling you, how do you live in life? How do you go through COVID? Amen. How do you go with uncertainties? How do you get through all this? Well, Jesus tells you exactly how to do it. But we spend, you know, most preachers, including myself, we really zeroed in on a couple ideas here. Yeah, yeah, you know, we, we preached about don't worry. Yeah, that's a big idea. But the biggest, you know, the main idea, and it's not a big idea, the main idea is kingdom of God. But what we understand, if we're, if we're not careful, we will preach on the kingdom of God, which I have, and it's a great, you know, we want to know as much as we can of the kingdom of God. But the problem is, sometimes we preach so much on the kingdom of God that we forget how to get to it. And one of the key scriptures to tie this whole reading, well, for us it's a reading, but this whole discourse that Jesus gave is really the last scripture. And that's the one that ties the whole thing, and that's really where we're going this morning. So... Matthew 6.25 says, that is why I tell you, this is something fun this morning. Every time I read the word worry, you look at somebody on one side and say, don't worry. And then when I read it again, look at the same person and say, be happy. Let's practice. Ready? One, two, three, say it. The next one? That's the most depressed be happy I've ever heard in my whole life. (laughs) Be happy. Come to my church and be like me. And then you wonder why no one wants to come to your church. Let's try that again. <laughs> Don't worry. Now, do that one like, ready? Thank you, H. You see that? All right. Don't forget, because if we forget, we're going to go right back up to the top. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more food or your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and you're far more valuable to him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing Yet Solomon in all his glory was dressed as beautifully as they were. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you, so why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. And I broke them down. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Of course, you guys never worry about that. (laughs) Obviously. Why would he even put that in there, right? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Oh, that one just hang. So if you're a believer, it shouldn't be dominating your thoughts. It's about as simple as that, right? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. You see, if you figured that scripture out, you'd have no problem with tithing. Ooh, Jesus, I just said that. Yes, I just said that. All right. Well, you really don't. I'm just saying. And then it comes to the big, so don't worry, no, seek the kingdom of God. And that is the reason of this whole passage, that there's a key. That if you don't get the key, you're not going to open the door. That's what we're going to work on here. Above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So it's, you know, it's pretty simple. I mean, he says, if you figure out kingdom of God, you, you, you're going to stop worrying about what you eat, 
Let me help you. The car note, the school, the tuition, the taxes, you know, real life. Everybody say real life. If you figure out the kingdom of God, right? He's telling you, you know, why worry about these things? If you figure out the kingdom of God, God already knows you need these things. So why are you worrying about it? But the fact is the church worries about it all the time. And as soon as we finish this message, you'll probably have a conversation before the end of the day on how to pay a bill. Nothing wrong if there's a plan, but I'm saying this is very real, and it's really easy to say amen in church, but it's just some, something else to really live this out. It's a whole different you know, ballpark there. So he goes on to say, the last scripture says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble... Oh, this is smart class, H. Trouble is enough for today. So we miss a key factor by not expounding on verse 34, and that's what I want to talk to you because that's really, you know, the core of this message is where is this faith? How, you know, we, we understand how faith works. I'm, my God, if you don't understand how faith works and you've been coming to this church, you haven't been listening <laughs> because faith, you know, I already talked about that. So we, we're going to move into this idea because Jesus is very clear. He says, don't Worry about what? About tomorrow. This is very important because I'm going to show you something. You guys are going to walk out with information that's going to help you. It's going to heal you. It's going to heal you in your mind. It's going to help you, you know, resolve some things that you haven't resolved about situations in your life. I'm telling you, it's going to help you a lot. Let's go. Let's give me that. Let's go into the next one. So I want to break that down. So the, just, just go ahead and, and skip that one. So... The key of understanding the kingdom of God is Jesus says, worry, 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 don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, right? I mean, he goes on through this thing, says, seek the kingdom, find the kingdom. This is a quick summary. Things are, all these things that you worry about are taken care of. But then he says, make sure you don't worry about tomorrow. In other words, don't spend time in tomorrow. This is really deep, guys. Guess why he doesn't want you to spend time in tomorrow? Because you don't live in tomorrow. And this is what we have to doubt. You're going to have to find out where you live. You, this is, this is, he says, well, Pastor, come on. No, you really. Because there's only three, you know, arenas where you can actually live. You can live in the past, you can live in the present, you can live in the future. I'm talking, you know, your mindset, your psych. You know, where is your head in the game? Because I told you the goal of this, this series is that by the time we're done or halfway in between or maybe you'll have the <laughs> aha moment or whatever you want to call it, but you're going to figure out that there's a life worth living. And a lot of people are living lives that aren't worth living. Hello? You know, I said this last week. There's people that, you know, that died 20 years ago, and they're still alive. They're still breathing, but they've been dead a long time. And it's sad. You know, we, we see the world in, in such horrible circumstances. And you say, yeah, that's really a rough way what they're, what they're dealing with. But then you come to the church, and it's like, there's not a whole lot of difference. Amen. So I think the challenge here is, is really to understand what, what Jesus was talking about and say, why did he say, don't worry about tomorrow? Why is that such a big thing to him? And it's not just as a big thing to him. It's all through the Bible. But if you don't understand times, if you don't understand time and you don't understand eternity, you don't understand the name of God, like you know, Pastor Dan shared a lot of great things with that, those are the key foundations to understanding kingdom of God. So I can preach kingdom of God all day, but there are certain keys about your position within kingdom principles that I want to talk about. So when you talk about past, present, and future, I want to show you a, a slide. And you talk about it. It took me a long time to make it, so bear with me. Give me that first slide. This is going to help me understand. No, I need the slide. Um, 
the one on the bottom, RJ, the ones I showed you, um, slide number one, if you can put it up there, please. So you might have to hit the, it's showing two things, okay. Um, I want you to look at this for a moment, because I, I should have brought my notebook. This was all, you know, when I study, and I usually study like, you know, five in the morning, that's, that's my only time of sanity in my life, okay, just leave it like that, you know. From 4 to 6.30, that's it. Then my whole day is just 1,000 miles an hour till the next 4.30 in the morning, all right? So I was writing this down in a notebook, and it was really like, you know, kind of a download from the Holy Spirit, so it's all scribbled and scrabbles, and, 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 and Lord showed me something that helped me understand it. So this is what I want you to show you. So when you look, this slide's a little off, so this one, look at this one. So when I put Yahweh, and we'll talk about that later, we really need to get a clear definition of that name. And that is a very complicated thing. I mean, it's not just like, oh, this one cute little definition. The, the name Yahweh is, has so many different um, attributes to it. So you've got to find out where everything is located. So Yahweh, the great I am, that's what he was called. That's the first time the word Yahweh is found in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, and then later on it makes a reference in chapter 6. But in Exodus chapter 3, when, when, when Moses is talking to a burning bush, and, well, it's not, not a burning bush, God is using this, you know, this, this bush to speak through the fire to him. And he says, okay, that's really cool. You know, but who do I tell him sent me? And this is the first time we hear this name Yahweh. Well, where, where Yahweh is, is a very close pronunciation, but the, but the real pronounce, and again, I'm not, a, I'm not a Hebrew guy, and I'm not, you know, the Hebrew guy is, is Dan. That's why I brought him for you. But I know enough to not get in trouble, I think. Watch him text me when I'm done with this, right? You got it all wrong. Um, but it really spells out, it's, the word is Yad, Het, Vad, Het. That's how you would say it, all right? And therefore, there we take the word English-sized it to Jehovah. Or not English, Latinized it into English-sized it into Jehovah. So it's a long, so Jehovah for you would be Yahweh, but it, there's a long way to get to that. I mean, it's not long. There's just a lot of stuff that actually gets lost. That's the problem. And that's what I like about Pastor John. He, you know, that's the reason he, he majors on that is because you've got to get the, you know, you gotta, if you don't understand the roots, you don't understand the basics and everything else, if it's connected to the basics and you don't really grab the whole package. Am I boring y'all yet? Okay. So Yahweh, you know, the blue, all the blue represents eternity. There means eternity has to have no beginning and no end. Do you agree with that? If not, it can't be eternity. But my thing with this, and this is, this is my, my brain processing some of this stuff is, and I don't have the answer, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but God has to be able to operate outside of eternity. What that is, I don't know. I mean, and this is the guy that can really help you with that because he could, he'll bring some science, you know, talks about quantum, and I'm not even going to go there. But it, he can scientifically show you this stuff. It's really cool. But he has to live outside. I mean, is that a good statement? Because how can he be God and be confined to something? Because even though eternity has no beginning and no end, there, it is still a principle of something that he must have created. And I know that's like, whoo, Jesus. No, yeah, we're not going to go there because that's not going to help you pay your bills, all right? It's not going to help your attitude. It's not going to help your marriage. What's coming in the next few minutes is going to help your marriage and your attitude and everything else. So now we have eternity, which there's no beginning and no end. And then you have this little sliver of time that we all get. And if you believe the Bible to the, to the core, you, you get 120 years. That's, I mean, that's what you can believe for. Most people don't get that, but that's what the gods. God said a man is allowed to live 120 years. All right? That's, you know, that's a loose paraphrase, but that's exactly what God said. 
So the sliver of time works in three arenas, right? Past, present, and future. You agree with me? This is, this is not deep, but you have to understand the basic foundation because if you don't understand where God's at, then you're not going to get anything from him. Or in other words, not that you're going to get anything because he does a lot of things out of grace and mercy. I'm amazed. But I'm talking about living a life that's livable, right? That every day of your life, regardless of what mountain, what giant, like we did a series. How many enjoyed that series last month? That help you? You know, and this is kind of a tag, you know, we're tagging off of that. We're not doing a new series. We're tagging off of these destroying giants. But if you don't understand this principle, then this is good. So you, you really, this is it. You have Yahweh, and, I, and I'm going to work on that, on his name in a, in a little bit, if we have time today, if not next week. You have eternity, and then you have us, a little thing called time. So once you see that picture, it really brings things into perspective because God operates primarily in, from the position of eternity. He will influence that little sliver, and he has a lot of influence, but his, and that's where you have to understand, when my mom passed away, you've heard the story, I don't want to bore you, but if those of you have questions of why didn't she get healed and why they didn't get healed and why this, because we all have those questions, and this is, God, you know, you ask God what he'll tell you, that's your answer. He told, this is what he told me. When I went to the Lord and said, why didn't, why didn't my mom get healed? I felt I had a right to ask that question, because I'm a pastor, right? And we prayed and we prayed, and the best of us prayed. I had everybody, you know, the top generals praying for her. And she still went to, to heaven. And the, the Lord only told me one thing. And I, you know, I understand a lot of things about my mom, you know, and, and, and really there's a lot of stuff that you don't understand in a person's heart. Just leave it at that. There's, and my mom was confessing for a long time, oh, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home. So, you know, that was on her heart. Heaven was on her heart. So I'm not, nobody's going to change that. But the thing that God answered me and helped me understand this was, is she healed now? That's all he said. And that just fixed the whole thing because it made sense to me because I was so bound up on this little sliver of time and, then, and that's the thing, you know, a loved one dies and we go into grieving and it's horrible. But if you believe any of this stuff, your loved one's in heaven. Well, that is if he made Jesus his Lord, though. <laughs> Let me just put the fine print, you know. But my point of it is, Christians, we act like it's, it's backwards. We act like, if I may go over here, I don't know if the camera can track me, but if I may go over here and not feed back this whole thing. We act like this is the main place. We act like this is it, and eternity is the sub. Eternity is like this little one thing that we want to get to. No, eternity was before you were. So it must be very important because eternity has been around. Eternity has seen everybody come for all the, you know, all the historical things that have happened. Eternity has been witness of everything because even if you, put, if you can pass all of human history, regardless of where you want to tag the creation of the world, if you want to put billion years, I don't care. You want to put thousands, I don't care. I'm not going to get hung up on that. All I'm saying is, however far you want to go into it, it's still going to fall into that. Y'all got that? Right now you're like, why is that important? You'll see why it's important. Okay. So once we understand that, then we understand where God lives. And God lives in the place called eternity. Now we could debate, well, he, yeah, say he could live outside, that's fine. But for, for understanding, he lives within eternity. And time lives, you know, God lives within eternity, and eternity, or in other words, time lives within eternity. That's the three levels. So, give me the, now you can give me the next slide, RJ. God lives in a place called now. That's where he lives. That's the only place he lives. All right? No, not, not the next slide. Just the, the, we'll, we'll look at that one, just the, the text the, where it says God lives in a place called now. So, God lives in a place called now. In other words, eternity is the place called, if you want to call it now, or you want to call it the present. It's the same thing. In other words, eternity has no past. You with me? Has no future. 
This is hard for us to understand because we are engulfed in this little capsule called time. So we're obsessed. Like when you get to heaven, it's like, you know, how many years are we going to be in heaven? Well, you need a universe to have years. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. Oh, Jesus, you guys are a tough crowd this morning. Are you just sleepy or the Starbucks was closed? Oh, no, we don't have one. Forgot. So your baseline definition of Yahweh, and that's actually how you spell Yad. That's, that's the actual correct spelling. I mean, the base correct spelling is Yad Head, Vod Head. The meaning of the personal name of the Israel God has been variously interpreted. Many scholars believe that the most proper meaning may be, because it has all these different attributes to his meaning, so they're trying to summarize it. And I went back into some of the books. I have a book that's written by, by a rabbi. It's really good. It's the whole Torah. You have to read it backwards, actually. Not backwards, but you have to read it like what Pastor Dan was talking about. It's, it's written in English and Hebrew, but you have to open it this way, you know. So it's cool. But anyway, it really gets into some of these, these roots. And, and, and they struggle because Yahweh was so holy, or Yadhed Vadhed was so holy, that that name's not even said. Within the Jewish people, if they wrote, if they write God in English, they have to leave one letter out. If you read anything out of the Jerusalem Post, you can check it out online, not anybody cares, but, and if they mention God, there'll be one letter missing. That's an international newspaper. Because they still believe that you can't say this name. It is too holy, but I'm not going to dwell on that. But the meaning comes down, and this is how he brings it. He brings it, he brings it, because our English translation is I am. This is very important to understand where we're going with this. So he brings into existence whatever exists. Oh, that's like, that'll, that'll, that'll make your brain, like, freeze, right? Like, wait a minute. He brings into existence, pay attention, to what already exists. In other words, another translation of, of trying to define um, Yadhead Vadhead or Yahweh, how are we going to say it, would be he is being in. What does that even mean? In other words, I am. In. In what? In anything you need. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing where he is not. Do you see it? So I am. But where is he living? Where is he, where is he speaking I am? He's speaking within the context of eternity. Don't, he's not speaking it. So time falls within it, but the voice I am is spoken throughout eternity. Is this too deep? Some of you are like, yeah, it's too deep. Well, wake up then. Because I can't make it any less deep. So he brings into existence whatever exists. Okay, let's go back to the Genesis account. You don't have to go there. But let's just go back to Genesis chapter 1, at least in your head. In the beginning, God. What happens next? Said. So said what? Let there be light. Was that the sun? No. That's what, that's what evolution is called, the Big Bang. Let me help you with that one. God said there'd be light. Light. Amen? Light is created. Well, you can go down there, and then he begins to speak things, right? Let's make some trees. Let's make some animals. Let's make some humans. But everything was spoken, so he's, what is he doing? He's speaking. He brings into existence whatever already exists. In other words, the trees all were in him. The moon was in him, Gabby. You were in him. The tree, everything, everything that, is, that exists came from him, from the word, his word. Let there be life. Let there be oceans. Let there be a sun. Let there be a moon. Everything's coming. So he's bringing into existence that stuff already existed, but it existed in him. You with me? So our goal is how do we dig that out, right? Because this is what we're trying to achieve. If we can figure some of this out, then we have a life worth living. All right? 
So this, this is, understand, so I, I, could, I could do a whole series just on the name Yahweh, and that's not what we're going. But you have to understand, his name carries everything about him. It carries where he's at and how he moves and what is, you know, the expectations of his name. It's, it's all in this. Because when he told Moses, Moses, imagine, this is just like God. I know when I look at my life and ministry, I'm like, why would you pick me, God? And then he's like, well, I did pick Moses. Moses stuttered. He couldn't even talk. I mean, that's pretty hard. You know, you, you, you get to be a preacher, and then you stutter. Imagine how long my sermons would be, Lodo. <laughs> We'd start like at 8, get out at 4. I mean, the guy stutters. The guy has, he's a complete introvert. He can't be in front of people. He just got kicked out, you know, out of Egypt. He was a prince, and now he, you know, he lives in the ghetto. I mean, he's a lot, you know, he's got a lot of challenges. And God says... You're supposed to deliver six million Jews. Are you kidding me? I can't even deliver myself. That's Moses' attitude. I'm over here herding sheep that aren't even mine. I went from being the prince to herding somebody else's sheep. And he says, but watch how everything changes because this is what God's still doing to your life. I can't do this. I can't, get, I can't do better. I'm not going to prosper. Nobody, come on, just bring all the excuses. We're going to have excuse day next Sunday. Y'all come And God says, yeah, 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 I got that. So who do I tell him sent me, God? Yadhead, Godhead. Because that's all you need. I mean, there's nothing left. I am the one that brings into existence whatever already exists in me. And it's up to you to take that. So here he goes. You know the story. And the, and the, you know, and the Israelites were delivered. But it was on the fact that Moses understood that he had nothing to do with it. Hello, church. If you continue to live your life like time is everything and you're in charge of that time, you can do that because you're still God of that area. But if you are willing to bring eternity into that area, then everything changes. But the first thing that has to change is your attitude because if your attitude doesn't change, it's not going to work. Okay, now, give me the second slide now after I explain it. Now, now this, this is going to make sense. We're going to get into the meat now. Give me slide number two. So now that we have the, this in mind, it's going to help you. So now we have past, present, future. And I'm going, to, I'm going to break some of these down right now. But So you have in your past, you only really have a couple things. You know, you were born, unless you were, it came from like hatched or something, but I don't know. You, you know, and my slide messed up there, but you have what I call memory markers, and I call it memory maps. So in your past, there's only really two things. Your birthday, yay. And you have memory maps, and you have memory markers. And those come from however you were raised. That's why I tell parents, be careful your first five years of forming of your child, because whatever you deal with those first five years, you're going to make that child where he's going to be probably the rest of his life. Because we will build. So what happens with memory markers? Well, they're, you know, they're not nothing wrong, but, you know, if we're not careful... They begin to dominate our mind. And I don't want to get it, you know, because like, I have like part two of the series and we're talking about fighting that part. So, <laughs> okay, I don't know if I should throw this out there at this point, but maybe I should. Let's see, I want to see your reaction. I just throw things to see how you react. I'll hang on to it for a minute. Let me get through this. Now you have your present, which is now. Everybody say now. now. And that is now, that is life. But you know what I found out about life is life is, is we go through seasons. Now, remember Genesis 1. We're going to come back to this idea. So, 
You know, it's just the present. It's just now. This is really, and by the way, this is the only place you really live. <laughs> you know, that, you see how you guys struggle with that? Because this is the key to understanding how God moves. So, and then you have future, and guess what? I have some really good news for some, or maybe some bad news. Or it's just news for everybody. Guess what? We're all going to die. Not necessarily today, but you will die, all right? So go ahead and settle that, you know. And so we have that in our future. <laughs> Pastor, you're really inspiring me this morning, you know. And you can make plans. There's nothing wrong with plans. And then I just put it, I just spread it across the map. I put God is the same over there. They, he doesn't change. Because where does he live? Remember, first class? In the blue, right? So he's not affected by time. If he was affected by time, he couldn't be the same. Right? He couldn't be the same. If, if time affected God, he can't be the same. Just the way, if you say, well, time doesn't affect me, I said, honey, have you looked at a mirror? <laughs> you know, God doesn't age. That's my point. He's not affected by it. Okay? All right. Now, this is where it's going to get exciting. I'm going to shotgun some. Let's, let's go down. Well, I'm going to hang on that thought I, want to sh- I really want to. Sh- but I'll, I'll bring it in in a moment. Let's break some of these down. Okay. Let's deal with the past. Give me the, give me the, just go back to your slide. just want you guys to see that. We might come back to some of that. Probably will in the next. I just want to get everything tracking. Go, go forward on that. In the beginning is spoken from eternity. Now, this is what I was going to say. Time is an illusion other than for practical issues of life. And this is where you guys are going to go, whoa. The way I went, whoa, when I tracked this thing. But give me, you know, cut me some slack. Will y'all cut me some slack? Time is an illusion. I hear people say, and I've said it before, and I'm not saying it anymore, because I've been corrected. Say, time is your most valuable asset. Really? Can I have some? Can I deposit some, Damien? Can I buy stocks with it? So it doesn't have that kind of value. Can I put it in a container and save it? Because time is an illusion. Time is, we need it for reference, and reference only. We need to know when our birthday is. We didn't know when, you know, when we're going to take the vacation. We didn't know the bus schedule, the airplane schedule, the school schedule, you know, the doctor's schedule. We need time. But we shouldn't live in it. Because if you, if you miss it, because where does God live? Talk to me, y'all. He lives in a place there's no time. So if you want to be like God, maybe you've got to start thinking like God. Ecclesiastes says, God put eternity on everybody's heart. Everyone, the people that are going to hell and the people going to heaven, everybody's got eternity on their heart. The atheists that claim there's no eternity, they got it on their heart. That's why they're so mad at us. Because, you know, if you're, if you're a cool atheist, you just don't believe in God, but you're cool. Like, I'm a cool Christian. I don't have a problem with atheists. I can go have lunch with an atheist. I can have atheist friends. I have no problem with that. But they really have a problem with Christians. I mean, if you believe that, that's fine. Why don't you just leave me believe what I want to know? Because you know why it bugs them? You know why it bugs them? Because eternity's still in their heart. That's why they're, they're trying to convince themselves, convince themselves. But do you notice that, that atheism, for the most part, and this is not an atheism thing, but if you have atheist friends, why are they so obsessed with Christianity? Why don't they attack um, Islam or Buddhism? You know, I'll tell you why they don't under, under, you know, attack Muhammad, because if they attack Muhammad, somebody will kill him. That's no joke. What happened to the guy at the, the magazine in Paris a few years ago? 
He just did a little funny joke, and they blew the office up. So they're like, hey, 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 hey. uh, we're atheists. Yeah, let's pick on the Christians because they don't do nothing. I mean, I'm just saying, too. But time is an illusion. Think about it. And, and if we're not careful, then we get obsessed with time. And the problem is, if you don't put time in its right place, it will control a lot of the things that are making you miserable. Amen. It will control so many miserable things. So let's leave that out there a bit. Remember, in the beginning was spoken from a place of eternity. In the beginning, guess what creates? Time. In the beginning creates a planetary system. You, don't, you can't have time unless you have a sun, and you can't have time unless there's a rock going around the sun. But what God really clears up, so you say, Pastor, you say time is an illusion, but God said the first day and the second day and the third day. No, he is tagging it because we need it as a reference. So you're not just, you're telling me I'm living my, no, no, don't be stupid, come on. Put both oars in the water, please. You need time. But if you're not careful, time grabs you. And here's where we're going to go. Let's go to the first one. Let's talk about our past. We're going to break these down if we have time this morning. Speaking of time, maybe we should just forget about time today, see where it goes, right? So I'm like, no, it's not happening, Pastor. All right. Past, birth, got that, you're here, you made it. You got memory maps, you got memory markers, and in your past, all this information is coming plus a lot more. You got self-esteem, guilt, condemnation, roots of bitterness, pain, hate, generational curse, and the big one that's going to go through every one of those time frames, fear. Everybody say fear. This is the one we're going to talk about. But all this, is, all this lives in your past. Do you see where this is going now? Let me throw a question with, with what we have up here. How much time have you wasted with roots of bitterness? Somebody said, somebody did, they, you know, expectation, somebody backstabbed me, somebody, you know, whatever. How much time do you spend on where, where, where's that? Where's that root at? Y'all better talk to me. It's in your past. You have self-esteem issues? Where do they come from? Somebody told you you didn't, weren't good enough? Somebody told you you weren't pretty enough? Somebody told you you were too fat, too thin, too whatever? Where did that happen? Y'all better talk to me. Pass. Everybody, when, I, when I say where that happened, you find it, locate it. Everything I say, you got to locate it because if you don't locate it, you're gonna, you, you have set your place in this thing. And God, let me tell you, if I'm going to just bring, if you, if, I know you're losing some of you, so I'll give you the summary and then I'll keep preaching. God is the God of the now. Hallelujah. That's it. And he's not working in your past, and, he's not, and, and yes, he's working on your future, but guess where he's working on your future? In your present. He's not, and we're over there depressed and, and, and upset and all these kind of things because we keep living, we keep living in that place. We're not living where God is. Trust me, I've been pastoring a long time. You, you hear it, and, and I could break all of them. and say, let me just touch generational curse because that, that one's about the only spiritual, real spiritual one. You say, well, what about generational curse, Pastor? First of all, what is it? It's a curse that's been on your family. Science gives it a name. If you don't believe me this is a thing, go to a doctor that you've never been to before and let them start their questionnaire. What are they going to ask you? They're going to ask you, is there any heart issues in your family? Is there any addictions in your family? Is there any mental health issues in your Why are they asking you? Because it's a generational. They say, we got to know where you came from. Because you might have some of these issues. And I'm not undermining that. That is very real and very true. 
I'm not, I'm, you know, you guys know my position. I'm all, Christianity and science aren't against each other. People, they're stupid, you know, they, they got that. I believe all that stuff. But from the spiritual realm, you can break that. Because the Bible says you're a new creation in Christ. Pay attention. All old things. I, I love that scripture. Pastor Box. Oh. How you doing? I was doing great, but you know, I want to tell you, my mom, she, she treated me really bad 20 years ago. So you believe the new creation scripture, but you're talking about all the junk in your past? You don't believe it one bit. You don't believe any of that. You just want to get to heaven, sunshine. That's the only goal in life. I mean, you could care less. You just want that ticket, man. Ticket to heaven. Sounds like a Led Zeppelin song. Generational curse is broken with the new creation. You hang around. You know, I've, I've hung around all of them. The Pentecostals, the wildfire, the chosen frozen. I've been around all of them. Calvinists, the Armenians, I've been all, I got them all. But it's amazing how much we go into these things like if we're trying to force God to do something. Let's have a prayer line. Yes, prayer lines are good, but you know, the way we approach the prayer line, the way we came to church this morning, the way, and, and this is, these are the honest conversations you have to with yourself because, you know, how much time do you spend in it? And these are just, a, this is just the things I came up with. I could, I'm sure if I spent a lot of time, we could have a lot of, you know, other issues that we could find. But just think about condemnation and guilt. and th- You know, I'm sure if I spent a lot of time, I could, I could dig up a lot of guilt, a lot of dumb things I did. I lost a lot of money different times in my life. I, you know, maybe treated people, be- I should have treated them a different way. I should have treated my wife better. I should have, should have, should have, should have, should have. You guys don't do that. So where are you living? Your God, help me. He says, you're not here. That's, that's a ba- I mean, that's like summarizing some really deep teaching. God, help me. You're not here. You're in the past. Look, give me those scriptures. Just put, just put up the next one. I'm going to shotgun some before you. Give you some scriptures. Let's just go real quick. Through. I'm not going to preach because everyone will preach really nice. So. Isaiah says, 43, 18, says, Remember not the former things. <laughs> we can start with that, right? Nor consider the things of old. Why? Because I am doing a new thing. And if you're obsessed with the past, you're not going to see the new thing. And if you're living in your depressions and all your messed up and they did and they should have and hood have and whatever, you are not, you're going to miss the new thing. God is about new things. Amen? So he says, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Wow, what a word. In other words, he's challenging us to see if God's moving. And you know why we don't think he's moving? Ooh, I'm going to go so far ahead of this one. Because we keep looking for God. We're like that old song, Loud, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. Where we're looking for God and all. You guys don't know that song, right? You guys don't know the tear and the beer and all that. I know, I know, I know. If you had some limit, it would fix it. But anyway. Somebody like, what? Do you not perceive it? We're going to deal with that later, but really it's about optics. But our optics are wrong because you know why we don't perceive the new things that God's trying to do? Because we're over there, in a, you know, what could have? You should have. Why didn't you? Why did they? Why did I? You know, and God's saying, I'm doing a new thing. Well, the new thing's always going to be in the present because that's the only place. You know, et- let me put it this way. I was going to say this on the next one, but I've got to say it now. The only thing that you can 
relate to eternity in your life. The only thing that a human can possibly understand what eternity feels like, this is so deep you're going to fall off your chair. You know what it is? Present. That's it. Because present is always. Present has no beginning. Present has no end. Present is now. Present is the moment. This is the only place you're ever going to live, church. You mean in the church building? No, in the now. Some of you are like, I need to decorate this place. But, but our mind, our, you know, our mind just keeps wanting to go, things are going to get better. Oh, things were so bad. And you're living a dream that you're hoping and praying something shows up tomorrow, planning, 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 and never enjoying the now. This is your life. And this is where God works. Because this is the most, this is the only thing that will parallel eternity. Think about that. Your present parallels eternity. Because this is what eternity is going to feel like. No beginning, no end. No past, no future. Well, what about tomorrow? You know, you know I told you, you know, time, let me, let me keep working. Now, you, now, you, now you're seeing we need time, but time is still an illusion. Time is not a thing. Time we need it for practical purposes. Tomorrow I got to go to work. I got a job schedule. They say I'm, I'm talking truth. I got to go fix a couple things. That's what I do. But if I'm just thinking about that all day, guess what, what, what's going to happen? My moment, I'm going to make it completely miserable. Now I can plan. I can get my tools together and, and do what I got to. There's nothing wrong with that. But to fall into some kind of obsession about what's coming down the pipe or falling into some obsession of what could have been, you're missing God. And that's what, you know, I'm going to go back to the beginning just so we can connect some of the dots. When he said, the kingdom of God, and then he summarizes, he says, this is why quit worrying about tomorrow. Because the kingdom of God only works in eternity. You ready for this one? Becomes, I'm like Michael Jordan. I have a real long hang time. I'm coming. He works in eternity. That's, that's what he does. And he only works in the present. That's what he does. And we, that's why, you know, God, oh, Jesus, H and I, that's why we're trying to get to talk to you someday by ourselves so we can, you can clear up all my wrong theology. But I'm done saying I'm believing. I've said that for almost 30 years. I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. We're believing. Because believing puts me in the future again. You see how we kind of tweak something? I mean, not that you did anything wrong. God gets you. It's like, I heat the, you know. Glad how you, I'm glad you finally figured out how not to pee in your diapers, you know. That's really how God sees us. And that's 30 years of ministry. I mean, I still feel like, okay, yeah, we might be able to give you a little tiny piece of meat now. You're finally digesting milk. Because we created all this nonsense, church. Oh, my God. Religion has created all this nonsense. And God is saying, I move in the now. That's where he moves. That's where his power is effective because you're never out of the now. Amen, Pastor. Now do you see where it's going? I'm always in my present. And guess who's in my present? God. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me, never, not unto the end. That's a timestamp of the earth. He's not, you know, we're not going anywhere. So once I resolve that God is in my present, now I'm, I'm way so far ahead of myself. I'm just going to have to go with it now. Then I begin to look at the future from a whole different optic. 
No more woe is me. Well, Pastor, don't you really care what's coming? No. You know, our family's dealing with a lot of challenges. But guess what? I, I live in the now. And we've had a lot of great days in the now. Do you realize all your problems are not in the now? Think about it. What problem do you have right now? Right now, at this moment. No, don't say, oh, I, I let, no. That, yeah. Well, they're going to cut my, that's in the future. I'm talking, what problems do you have in the present? You, you might have some potential problems in the future. And I'm sure you created a lot of problems in the past, even though you guys look very holy this morning. But in the present, there isn't a whole lot of problems. Well, what about this mountain? Well, deal with it. But you deal with it in your present. You don't deal with it in the future. You're not believing. Are you all tracking with me? Watch this. I, <laughs> God is so good. I love this. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Remember I told you I wasn't going to preach in Scripture and I'm doing it. Do you not perceive it? It will make a way in the wilderness. Now he's projecting into the future, right? But he's speaking to you from the now. I will make a way in the wilderness. I like this one in rivers and death. When you think there is no way because this thing is in front of you, you go back to this and say, well, no, the God, God can do this. We could tell you stories all day, HH and I, just of this church, of things that weren't supposed to happen, and they happen, you know, at the last second of the last moment of the last moment, something completely supernatural, and God showed up because... He knows how to make rivers in deserts. Where is that happening? Locate. Here, here's what I'm trying to tell you. It's, it, I think it's important that if, as we go into this study or this series, however you want to call it, that you locate everything. Every time we talk, say past, present, future, past, present, future, past, present, future, past. I mean, figure out where it is. Because a lot of the troubles of the soul, and that's like next week's teaching if I finish today, this week's teaching, which I doubt it is really about this mind, you know, because your mind wants to live everywhere except in the present. Now, that's kind of like another teaching, and we'll, and we'll do that one. I'm, and that's, I'm already ready. I'm just not there yet. So Jesus said, no one who puts his hand on the plow, listen to this one, and looks back is fit for, y'all reading with me? The kingdom of God. So once again, he brings up the same thing that he told us in Matthew from a different complete angle. And Matthew says, stop looking at tomorrow. And in this one, he says, stop looking at the past. Because if you're holding a plow, now most of you, some of you might have seen them, but in Mexico it's very common, and Cuba it's very common, even Ukraine is very common to see actual plows. And you got a, you know, you got a 150-pound guy, you know, soaking wet, and he's got two huge, you know, 4,000 pounds of beef, <laughs> pulling this little thing with two sticks, and he controls the thing. But one thing he can't do is he can't turn his head because he rides it. And if he turns, it's like riding a motorcycle, right, Freddie? I mean, if you, if you turn your head, your motorcycle goes where you turn your head. Unless you're very aware of what's going on. That's why you don't want to like, huh? Poo! You're off the cliff, right? <laughs> All it takes is one huh, and you're off the mountain. But if he turns his head, he loses complete control of guess what? Of his present. Because the kingdom of God works in the present. And that's the only place it works. Now, it does things that, that affect your future. Oh, trust me. <laughs> That's the power of seed, right? What are you doing? You're in, in the present, you sow a seed, but you're already planting for the future, right? But the action happened in the moment. It happened in your moment. It didn't happen anywhere else. So Jesus said, no one who puts his hand on the plow looks back is fit for the kingdom. Philippians chapter 3, another perspective. So we got Old Testament, Jesus, and Paul. Brother, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, everybody say one thing. Say it like you want to go home. That's a loaded question. Oh, you all want to go home, huh? And no, I was kidding. Um, 
Forgetting. Where's that? What, what, what does that even mean? What are we supposed to? Let me tell you, all the stuff that we're supposed to forget, where's it located? That's so deep, right? Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. So he throws a past, he throws a future, but the future is really clear to him because the future to him is very simply the prize of the goal, of the calling. That's it. He had it very well defined what his future was going to be. His future wasn't go to Rome. His future was that. That was Paul's future. This is, the, this is his mission statement. What lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Question, where is his goal located? Where is his goal located? You remember what I told you, past, present, future? It's, it's located in the present. Read it. He says, I'm pressing towards something, but it's the call. The call is not a past tense. It's not a future. You know, it's future tense. It's a present tense. The call is today. The call is now. I don't know. If, are, are, come on. You got to get something out of this this morning? All right. Give me the next one. I, I do have to bring you something where you can go home. We're going to do it. Ecclesiastes say not. I, I, I say this one for H at the end because this is right up his alley. I wanted to separate it. I said, this is so good. I found this one last night. Why were the former days better than these? Nobody says that. For it is not for wisdom that you ask this. So if it's not for wisdom, why are you asking it? Don't say it. But it's the complete opposite from wisdom, you fool. Anyway, that's what he's saying. You're a fool if you're asking this. That's, that's Kelvin Box paraphrase, loose translation. He says, why were the former days better than these? See, I have a bad habit of that. How many, how many do that? We did it here in the church. COVID hit us hard, but guess what? Look, we're coming back. Look around, guys. Come on, just look around. Don't come back. You know, when you miss, when you miss on Sunday, we're all, we're all hurt, okay? But, you know, we said, we were going, oh, remember how good it was 2019? Yes, it was awesome. 2019 was one of the highlights of Faithway, the, the, the international ministry, you know, the celebration, or 2018. Yeah, it was 2018? 2019, when Jerry said, okay. Anyway. The big wing ding we had, and then what happens? COVID comes. Boom. If we're not careful, I can go, oh, it was so nice in 2019. Yeah, 2021, 2022, 2023. They're all going to suck. But 2019. What's the future of my church if your pastor does that? There's no future left. And you know what the thing is? A lot of people live that way. They live in some nice memory of their life, and they spend their whole life trying to replicate that memory, and it's not going to happen because that memory was for that moment. And God's making new memories. I, I am so stoked by the, the things that God... And God, tell, tell me, you know, this is something that God's been dealing with me for over eight months. This is not... A, I didn't just come up with this. I finally put it into, you know, formatted it. But some of the challenges that we faced last year and even that we're going through this year, if it wasn't for this, I'd be, I'd be like in a whole different place. Because I completely see what God's trying to tell me. That, that, that you know, we, we can't get hung up on, on this little thing called time. You know, we're going to live it. We're going to be effective. We're going to do the best we can. But we're going to enjoy every single moment. And now, you know, last weekend we had everybody over. And it was so awesome. You know, we watched football. And, you know, everyone in my family was at my house. Everything that I call family was there, you know. Michelle and her husband, you know, Maurice and Ruby and all the kids and all the girls. It was awesome. But you know what? That's that moment. And I sell it and I enjoyed it. And guess what? Last night we had a, a redo, but it was like not planned. Everybody just showed up which is fine. We had them all over again, and we're trying, you know, trying to cook food and whatever. Love it. Great moment. But guess what? Now today I'm here with you. Great moment. 
I'm enjoying every moment. And in a little while, I'll be enjoying my lunch. And pretty soon, your whole life becomes about, this is my moment, this is my moment. And you find beauty in it. Amen? So he says, why were former days better than the rest? They weren't. They just, they had their challenges. They had their good. They had their bad. Remember, I mean, even as, as whatever good you think, that was full of challenges too. And you still came out on the other side. Amen? All right, let's go, Archie. Let's, let's finish this for today at least. Let's deal with this one, and then we'll kind of stop. Because this is going to be the key or the foundation for every, the rest of the series. I'm not going to have time to take it where I want to take it this morning. But follow with me. Let's talk about the present. Let's talk about seasons. And the first thing I want you to look at is James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 13. And um, let's see what James... Remember, James had a different perspective on a lot of things. So he says, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town, and we will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. (laughs) I like 14, right? Well, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? So if you're not careful, you say, well, Pastor, does that mean that we shouldn't make plans? No, that's not what it means. Come on. You better, you know, we have to make plans. You just don't want to live in them. (laughs) That's what he's talking about. I found myself years ago, does it happen? If this happens, you just smile or raise your hand. I found myself it was more fun to plan a vacation than to actually go on it. And it was way more fun to come back and show everybody the pictures and actually take them. Okay, I'm not the only crazy weirdo in this place. All right. Why is that? You know why? Because our brain has been formatted since birth that we're supposed to live in the past and we're supposed to live in the future. And that's why these little things are indicators of where your head is. Because what you should enjoy is the moment. And planning it? should be extremely fun because that's the moment, right? Doing it should be extremely fun because that's the moment. And coming back and showing everybody the pictures should be extremely fun because that's the moment. Now you've spread out your life satisfaction in every arena by focusing on the one that matters, the one that God is working in. Because we're throwing stuff in the future. Well, Pastor, yes, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I pray for future. I'm praying for my grandkids' Um, spouses. Some of you, that's stupid. No, it's not. I'm thanking God because when the time comes for them to get married, there's going to be a man and a woman of God in their present that I prayed for in my present. I wasn't hoping they would be married, right? I'm taking care of it right here. Even if it's 20 years down the pipe, I don't care. Are you following with me? Because with eternity, remember, anything you ask God cannot be time-stamped. That's why I tell people, pray for people that aren't even around. Why? Because in the, in the, in the spiritual realm, there's two things that, that don't exist, time and distance. So you could, you could pray for somebody that's in the hospital in New York here if you believe the spirit realm. Amen? If you don't believe it, then you're just whatever. Or you could have somebody say, when they say point of contact, you know, you don't want to go Pentecostalism with it, but, but I believe in point of contact. You know, let's say your sister's sick. You say, Pastor, my sister's dying. I need prayer. Okay, come here. We lay hands on you. We do that a lot here. Where's all this happening? It's not happening anywhere else. We're not, oh, Lord, please heal her. Lord, she's healed now in Jesus' name. You see, by his stripes I am healed when? I'm not believing to be healed. If I'm believing, my health has now been thrown into the future. People, please. Lord, I know you have the ability to prosper. Yes, he does. But now your prosperity, you threw it into the future. No, I'm prosperous now. Faith is now. So 
this, this present, this moment, is, is, is really what I'm beginning to see. It's really important that, that we, you know, process it correctly. Don't go weird on what I'm teaching you because it's not that kind of teaching. It's a very practical teaching. But it is very spiritual in the context that once you resolve this, then, then, then that's, that's the life that's worth living. Because it doesn't matter what is in front of you, you accept it. You don't, you don't buy it. You, so, so, okay, you know, you got a bad doctor's report? Okay, yeah. It's in the present. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed now. I'm resolving this right here. I'm not going to throw it over there. Oh, I, I wish I didn't get cancer. That's stupid. Because wishing is not going to make it go away. Getting depressed is not going to, you know what they told me? I have cancer. Yes, it's a bad hit. I mean, it's a horrible hit for anybody. I'm not making light of that. I've counseled enough people that got that news. It's a horrible, horrible news. And how you process that information, I'll tell you right now, will either kill you or make you live. Because you just got to go, thank you, sir. That's the case. That's in the now. Thank you, sir. Then you go back to your God and say, this is what the doctor said, Lord. And, you know, you said that by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. Faith is now. Now I receive my healing, sir. Then you go back to your doctor. What am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm healed, but what am I supposed to do? Well, what about the medicine? You pray for your medicine like you pray for your food. You see, everything comes into this one place. You, see, yeah, you guys begin to see it now? It's so important because think about all, you know, a lot of the fights in your marriage, a lot of the strife in your life, a lot of the issues. Don't raise your hand, but if you have a lot of drama in your life, tell me, where is all the drama located? Tell me right now. It's either information from the past or you're preparing for a lot of drama in the future. Well, no, you don't know. The drama's in my house right now. Yeah, but it came, it's, it's fueling, it's, it's, it's fuel is coming. Well, he told me. When did that happen? 20 years ago. Yeah, I figured. James finishes it this way. Look here. Today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town, and we'll stay there. You already read that. Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say, you guys ready to say what you ought to say instead of saying, hey, we're going to go do all this stuff tomorrow? He's about to tell us what we got to say. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Let me go back to verse 15. What you ought to say is, your will be done. On earth, now, as it is in now heaven. That's what he's saying. Yeah, I got plans for tomorrow. I got plans for summer. I do. I got plans. You know, we're still planning to go to Ukraine if Russia doesn't invade or whatever. You know, I got plans to go to Cuba at the end of March. I got lots of plans. I'm going to keep planning. I'm going to buy ticks. I'm going to do the whole thing. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what he's saying right there. If the Lord wants to, if the Lord wants to, is is addressing Yahweh, the Eternal. I am into every situation of your life. But it's, at the, it's in the moment. I mean, I can see it on the inside. I don't know if it's coming out right on the words. What you ought to say, if the Lord wants us to live, but just back up to the other one. This week we had some crazy fog. Did anybody drive that? Like, it was insane. How do you know what your life is? And it's amazing. When you're in the fog, it's like, it looks mystical. It's weird. It looks like a different place, especially if that's really thick fog. You know what I'm talking about? I, t- I almost shot a cow once because of fog. Now, that's a long story, but I'm not going to tell you. I was convinced it was a deer. I could see horns. I could see. I, I took the safety off. And, 
And I'm, and I was at you, sir. I almost pull, I was about to pull the trigger. I mean, I was seeing things in the fog. There's, there's actually a reason I'm telling you the story. Because in the fog, you can see things that are not. And that's at you, sir. And I took the safety off it. And then the fog cleared up a little bit, and it was my grandpa's prize bull. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I probably wouldn't even be in Texas today. There would be no ministry if I would have pulled that trigger. But you know, what happens in the fog is you see things that are not. And the devil, that's, his, that's like the most amazing, because the fog, I just want to play with this word fog, because the fog, think about things in your life that are foggy. What, what would be the first word you find? It's not clear. I don't know what to do. It's a foggy situation. My finances, my health, my kids, whatever. It's a foggy situation. Well, here's the thing. When you learn to live in the moment, or when you begin to understand the God of the moment, being in the fog is one of the best places you can be because guess what you don't see? God sees. He already got this. And, and that is that faith of the now that I'm talking. Faith is now. We're not believing for God to fix it. He is always in the process of fixing it. And when a storm comes, you, should, you, know, you, don't, you, know, you don't accept it like, with the consequences, that, that's what I'm not trying, no, I want to clear that up because people t- take things different. So you mean we're supposed to accept storms? You're, yeah, but not the consequences. Of it. People try to hide from a storm. People try to go behind the storm. People try to go under the storm. People try to go over the storm. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to go through it. So even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, present, I will fear no evil, present, for he is with me, present, Everything about Psalm 23 is present. <laughs> and all these things, the, you know, the, the darkness, the storm. I love, you know, Kathy's testimony, like when she finally got that spirit of God finally rose up and said, we're doing this. And you got off that chair, and that's what I'm talking about. That's that present that says, you know, we're doing this. I'm going home, one, one home or the other, but we're not staying here. You know what I'm saying? I'm either going with Jesus or I'm going home, but I'm not, I'm not going to die in this place. That attitude is, is where God moves. Everything comes to that place. So, you know, James is saying, you know, don't worry about all, you know, live, laugh, that, that. You say, God, let it be your will today. Even if you repeat the same little prayer over your kids every little day till they go to school, and it's almost, you pray that prayer. Because you're setting that up, you know? You're setting everything up in order. All right, give me the next one. We're almost done. In the present, pay attention to this, you don't experience fear. I'm going to talk about this, and this will be my last point because the clock's gone. You experience the anxiety that fear produces. Remember that. Fear is only produced in two places. Fear can only come from two locations. It can come from your past information or future regrets or storm coming, tornado coming, whatever. It's in the future. Fear does not happen in the present. Fear causes, now we experience fear in the present, you know, you're driving down, you know, dark road at night, and you sale la llorona, yeah, you're going nice. <laughs> to, try to break the ice, because you guys are so intense right now, I know how y'all believe, so, I so you can, ah, fear, but really, that, that is more of an adrenaline, natural response, it's not really a spiritual thing, spiritual fear is coming from the past. Spiritual fear is coming from the future. And in the present, you experience anxiety. Remember I told you I was going to give you something to go home with? 
And I just think, don't raise your hand, I think all of us, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, and if that's not you, just raise your sense of pastor, I'm not that guy. And that's fine. I think all of us have been experiencing over the last couple of years levels of anxiety that we never even knew were real. I've, I've been there. We get news, we get situations, we're dealing with things that, that if I'm not careful, can experience, you know, can cause a lot of anxiety. But I've got to find out where that anxiety came from. Because if I just call it anxiety, I'm going to live with that the rest of my life. Now, now don't misunderstand. There's a clinical anxiety thing. But I believe the root's the same. I believe if you find the peace of God, eventually you'll be healed of, you know, medical anxiety. I really believe it. But at the end of the day, I'm not, you know, if you're there and you're taking medicine, you, I, I always say, you do what your doctor says. I'm telling you what you can do spiritually. And I promise that if you get rid of this, because, this is really funny because <laughs> I decided to look at the word anxiety It's almost like a joke. This all came up from the dictionary. Listen to this. Anything here, and if you're dealing with this, we're going to land it here, guys. And I'm going to pray that if you're dealing with anxiety, you're going to be healed today, okay? So kick up your faith. We're going to experience this. But listen to what it is. Worry. Concern. Apprehension. Apprehensiveness. Consternation. Uneasiness. Unease. Fearfulness. Fear. Disquietude. I can't even say the next one. Perturbation, fretfulness, agitation, angst. I like that one, angst. Nervousness. I'm, I'm not anxious, Pastor. I'm just a little bit nervous. You're anxious. Edging, tension, tenseness, stress, misgiving, trepidation. We can even use fancy words. I'm not worried. I just got a little bit of trepidation. That's something H would tell me. Trepidation. And then the really cool ones come. I don't know why they're even here. I like this dictionary. Then he goes on to say, forbearing, suspense, informal, and then it comes with this. Oh, the informal, the informal definitions. That's what it means, informal. Butterflies in one's stomach. I'm not, I don't have fear, Pastor. I just, just got a little butterflies. Fear. You're anxious, all right? The willies, the heebie-jeebies. My dad used to use that one. I'm still trying to find one of those. Where's a heebie and who's a jeebie? <laughs> I got the jitters. That's because you drink too much coffee, sunshine. The shakes, the jumps, the yipes. I've never heard this one. Collie wobbles. I think I'm going to use that one, Dawson. What's wrong with you? I just got a bad case of collie wobbles. <laughs> it's okay to laugh in church, guys. Lighten up. Y'all are too straight. That's cool, right? You got collie wobbles. Imagine if Jesus had used collie wobbles when he said worry. <laughs> the Bible would be a completely different book. Why do you have collie wobbles over what you're going to eat? I got to get stop. I got to stop. I got to. I'll just keep. I'll just stay on this the whole day. You know, collie wobbles, jitterness, gym jams. I like that one too. I'm not nervous. I mean, I just got the gym jams and twitchiness. So Philippians four, go back, says very simply, be anxious for how much stuff. So why are you anxious for all this stuff? That's my next question. Because if we really have that aha. Honest to God moment, we spend a lot of time being anxious about a lot of stuff. And guess where that stuff was fed? In your past or in your future? It was never fed in your present. The more we, we learn to live in the moment, and not just live, faith now moment. That's the, you know, the faith for the now, the presence, the God, the being. Because the, the, you know, the definition of the I am was another one. I didn't even put it there. Was being. That was simple. He was being. Being what? Being there. Being present. Being now. And he goes on to say, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because it doesn't live here. 
Church, listen to me. I'm trying to set you free. I'm trying to help you this morning. Stop being anxious for everything. And, and uh, trust me, to stay with this series because the next few weeks we're gonna, I'm gonna, you know, we got to retrain our brain. Our brain has this nasty habit to live where it's not. Your mind has this nasty habit to live in the future and the past. It just loves. It doesn't like the present. It's been so trained to worry, so trained to fear, so trained to negativity, so trained to, oh, you know, they're just bringing all that stuff into your moment. And now your moment's all polluted, and guess what happens? Now you're polluting your future. Because the pollution is still there. So Philippians says, be anxious for nothing. And then he tells you exactly, next time anxiety rises, and we're going to do that, go ahead and stand with me. If I see you standing, I'll quit. <laughs> but he says, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, before we pray, this is the, I told you I had a long hang time. But in everything, the next three things, where are they happening? They're happening now. You're praying in the moment. Supplication, that's a, we could preach on that, but supplication is not begging God. That, that, is, that is focused prayer. In other words, in saying, Lord, Heal everybody. Supplications when you spend time with one person. Supplications when you take 30, 40 minutes, one hour, and say, you know what? Laudo's been down, and, I, and I'm not, he's not here, and I'm just going to pray for him. I'm praying. I'm praying the Spirit. I'm praying. That's supplication, that you got one theme. But if I'm saying, oh, heal the church, that's prayer, all right, just so you know the difference. But guess what? Prayer is happening in the now. Supplication is happening now. And when do you tell somebody thank you? In the now. And, but when do you tell them? When you get something, right? This whole delivery of anxiety is happening in the present. Because he finishes it with thanksgiving. Why? Because you're receiving it down. So we're going to have, you know, we're not believing to get rid of anxiety. We are free of anxiety now. I'll give you the big one. How can I be free of anxiety? Well, let me help you. Obviously, you can't fix it. Because if you could fix it, you wouldn't be anxious. This is not deep. And if God can't fix it, why worry about it? God can fix it. But one thing you can't be is anxious. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the word this morning. We thank you where it has gone. And Lord, is it just a stopping point? I know you've been speaking these things into my heart for many, many months. And Lord, my heart's desire this morning, God, is just to be able to transfer this into them, Father, that you totally are the God of now. That you're this amazing presence that goes with us wherever we walk, wherever we drive. Wherever, it doesn't matter if we're at the grocery store. It doesn't matter if we're at the bank. It doesn't matter. Father, your presence, like David said, Father, if I went to the darkest cave, some of you might feel like you're in a dark cave t- this morning. Let me tell you, he's there. He's in the now. And he's waiting for you to reach. I want you to do something this morning. I- I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to pray and reach into that. Especially the one thing I-, I think ministry we do have to touch is this idea of anxiety. If you're dealing with anxiety, and, you know, and we'll see where it goes. If the Lord wants me to do a prayer line, we'll do it. I have no problems with any of it. But the main thing is for you to understand what your part of that is. If you find yourself just stressed about tomorrow, if you find yourself stressed, you know, just feeding off what could have been, what should have been, this is what I'm talking. We have to believe in this supernatural God. We have to believe that this God can really reframe our thinking into finding this time because this is where the miracle is going to happen. So just ask God, you know, to, to bring it. It's like I said, you don't have problems in the present. All the information from problems is coming from a different place. And what's causing anxiety in your life right now 
is very simple. If you can fix it, you, you just fix it, right? You know? If anxiety is something you can resolve, this week you resolve it. You got to sell something, buy something, ask somebody to forgive you, forgive somebody. I don't know, whatever. But if, if it's beyond your control, then you're in a great place because you make a choice today. I cast my care over. I cast this care over. For he cares for me. That's the anxiety right there. That's happening once again in the present moment. So let's do that. I want you to imagine all those things that are causing you anxiety. That's what we're going to do. Thank you, Lord. And when I pray, this is the definition. Let me back up. I'm going too fast. Some of you are going to get delivered. Rick Renner, you can open your eyes, look at me for a moment. Rick Renner, great, great pastor, wonderful teacher of the Greek. Anyway, he said that that scripture, cast your cares upon the Lord for he has care for you. He said when you take it from the Greek context and the way it was built with the words and so forth and so on, he said it, it paints a picture of two beasts of burden. Everybody knows what a beast of burden is? You know, a cow or you know, an oxen, whatever, or an oxen. And one of them is heavy, heavy, heavy loaded. Heavy, heavy. Let me get up here so everybody can see me. It's just heavy loaded with way too much to carry. How many feel sometimes like that? I've been like that. It's just like too much to carry. And another ox comes up beside it, and they transfer all that load over to the other ox. And now this one is off, but they're still walking together. He didn't just disappear into the, you know. They're still walking. Now you're free of the pressure. You're free of the anxiety. And those things are very real. You could have a bad doctor's support. You could have a situation back home that's very complicated. You could have, you could have, you could have. They're real, but now we've moved the pressure from the problem. And by doing so, you, you, the transfer happens. In other words, by removing the pressure, God can put the transfer of peace back into your heart. And even though you're looking at a serious situation, you still got the peace of God. Because it's resolved. It's not my load anymore. But the bank, yeah, yeah, but it's not my load. But the doctor, I get it, but it's not my load anymore. It's been trans. It's still there. So we're not, we're not, oh, let's just not think about it. No, it's very real. It's very there. It's just, it's not on me anymore. That's what that scripture, let's do that right now. So I want you to pray and imagine that whatever's putting that anxiety, and we're, when I say it, just go with me in faith. We're going to transfer that load, and I'm just going to believe God that you're going to walk out of here feeling completely different and realizing what God, not only realizing what God is capable of doing, but you're going to see what God can do in this building. And guess what? It won't be but a few days that thing will manifest into your blessing. Amen? I believe that with all my heart. Let's pray. Father, as I prepared this for them, this is the ministry. This is the ministry. Those watching me online, this is the ministry. I mean it. If anxiety has been eating you up for whatever reason, fear of the, over the kids, fear of this, because it's all fear. It's all fear-based. Remember that. That information came from the past or that information came from the future, but it caused the anxiety in the present. So right now, we're taking that anxiety and we're going to transfer it. So Father, according to the scripture, we cast our cares over. And Father, we take all those things that would pressure us, Father, from, Father, in the name of Jesus, those things that keep up us at night, all those stuff that we can't resolve, God. We need wisdom. I need wisdom. Come on, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. This is the time to ask, right? I ask for wisdom, God. But today we transfer the pressure 
from the challenges and problems that we're dealing off of us now. Do it now in the name of Jesus. I mean, literally feel that thing coming off of you. And we put it on you, God. And what we receive this morning is wisdom on what is our part still, our part in the present, on what, how we manage this. But we're not going to be consumed by this. We are not going to fall under this in the name of Jesus. Yahweh, the eternal I am, the being, the present one. We receive your presence, God, through Jesus Christ. We receive a move of the Holy Ghost, not just on Sundays, a move of the Holy Ghost on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, every day of our lives, wherever we are. Listen to me, church. Don't, don't, pick, don't pick the spot for the Holy Ghost. Just, you know, just understand the present. Understand that moment. God invades it all. He's there all the time. And I just give you glory and praise. Father, I just thank you. I believe with all my heart that this is going where it needs to be and people are set free, delivered in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? God bless you. Lord, you may be seated. I'll do like the TV shows. Hopefully you'll come back next week. So next week's title is we're going to, we've got one point, and then we're going to move into next week, because I do have to finish one point from this stuff. But it's called How to Live in the Present. So you're going to get some information on how this actually hands-on works. So if you're interested, you come next week. But I do want to encourage you on next week is, um, you know, if you already got your Super Bowl planned with a bunch of your heathen friends, cancel it. You guys thought I would say, just go, and no, you cancel it. And you come with your family. But they don't, you guys don't, you bring your beer, you get drunk over there. We won't say nothing, just don't bring it inside the building, all right? Why would you even say that? Because I know how Christians are. It would be really cool to see everybody here next time. I mean, we're going to have a great time. We're still going to work on prize. i got to talk to Laudo. And Laudo needs help, so if y'all need to get with him, and we need, what do we need? Well, come here, Laudo, what do we need? This is your chance. You're on the, I told you I was going to do this. Just tell us what we need in prizes. Maybe we'll get them all. You're on. Open the mic for Laura. He's giving me the look. Gift cards, you're on. Gift cards and maybe just the, the main prize also. What we'll is try it? To give we out. have a main prize? Not yet. Ideas? Um, money? Money, TV. Okay. Xbox, Y'all got that? Something. With a show of hands, I'm not gonna, we're not going to take names. How many of you are planning to be here next Sunday for the Super Bowl party? All right. Cool. So those that raise their hands, get with Laudor if you can. We need, I'm thinking if he thinks things out of it. He's so shy. I'm going to be very good. Just wait till the church and the preacher will find out. But I want you to get, you know, last, the last ones we've had have been really good. I mean, we, we did one, and it was like, eh, and the second was awesome, and then COVID came, of course, and went to the third one was like, okay, I just think this one's going to be great. So we want to give good prizes. Last year we gave, what, I mean, TV? We've given TVs away. What else? Xboxes, so kids, you know. And then, you know what was really cool? Like, the kids with the church, you know, Kate and all them, they look forward. They love to hang out. They like to play football. They don't watch any of the game. But, you know, we want to do stuff for the kids also. And I don't know, I haven't really got into the planning. If we can put something else for them, you know, maybe a jumpy house or something. But we want to make a celebration, you know, because it's not about football. It's about family. And some of you that never experienced that, you're like, that's weird watching a Super Bowl at the church. No, it's weird not watching a Super Bowl. Okay, just kidding. 
So come over, and there's food. Everybody brings food. I mean, la gorra, pues, quien le corra, right? So hopefully you'll be here. All right. We're back to our prayer schedule. It's, we, we, moved, we had a, a meeting trying to find things that it works for everybody. It's Tuesdays now. Everybody say Tuesday? 6.30. And we did our first one. We didn't, we didn't put a Facebook ad, but, you know, it was decided after church. But I'll tell you what, God moved in that meeting. It was really nice. There was a handful of us, but it was just really powerful. So I encourage you, you know, come to prayer meetings Tuesday at 6.30. You know, we're back on that. And, you know, we're just going to try to get this, this thing going again. All right. Um, last thing, you know. We are lining up for Cuba, and for those of you that have Cuba on your heart, of course, the, the trip is planned. Oh, by the way, we got our visas, which was amazing. Yeah, that was like, did I tell you? It took two weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what happened. God, I guess. It used to take six months to get a visa, and Yoel called me. He called me two weeks when he went to get them, and he called me this week. I spoke a long time with him. He says, visas are here. I'm like, okay, so everything is tracking for us to go. Um, right now, it's you know, at the end of March, so... Where, where's your part? Well, you want to be part of the Cuban ministry. We don't just go to preach. We try to take stuff down. We try to help them out. Also, you know, the ladies are planning their trip. And everything is, we're just planning things. We're not, you know, like we talked about today, we're planning them in the moment. Because if you look at the future, a lot of this planning is weird. It's like I talked to Oksana from Ukraine. I called her this week. I had her on my heart. And she said, are you planning to come? I said, yes. You know, obviously, if war breaks out, I'm not going to go. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody can go at that point. But... You know, that doesn't change. So your heart, if, you, if any of these outreaches your heart, you know, thank you for your, your, your giving. It all helps out. And we take medicine and we take all that. So said that, that's already online. So I'm excited about that. And the other, you know, help us keep the church doors open. So all your giving, all your tithing, everything goes not only to keep this church, but, you know, we send money. I just sent it three days ago to, to Mexico. Keep our church doors open there. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all stand. And I will get you out of here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't, and don't take lightly your offering. You know, it's like I said, or I, I said at the beginning, I didn't, hope it didn't come out wrong, but one of the greatest things that shows trust to God is, is, is when you are willing to put your resources in front of him and say, here it is, God, you know, the tithe. That is really one of the key indicators. So I encourage you, trust God in this area. Trust God in this area. I believe God for your prosperity. I believe every one of you will reach your goals and dreams you know just sow the seeds sow the seeds in the present so you get the harvest in the other present it's called your future <laughs> father thank you sir thank you for a great day thank you lord i believe with all my heart father that this went where it needs to go we take this seed this is precious seed this is not just money this represents people's lives represents hard work represents so many things it's not just money so we take it as a portion of their lives and we plant it into the furtherance of the kingdom, Father, into our missions work into Cuba, Mexico, and Ukraine, but Father, mainly into the work of this local ministry. That this church will thrive. We're not we're we're done with